Welcome to episode 45 of For the Love of Guns. It's my pleasure to introduce you to Caleb Savant. Now, if you don't know who Caleb Savant is, you actually just might know him. If you're on Instagram, he's known as Baron Savant. If you don't know him from Instagram, you may know him from YouTube or on a small web page called Brownells. Caleb has different videos that he's done. He does videos for product demonstrations and also Smithbusters. But before we talk to Caleb, it's time to pay the bills. And this episode is brought to you by you. That's right. You support the content that's made here. And for me to continue to make content, I just need your help. And the greatest thing is, it's not going to cost you one penny more than you are already going to spend. I partnered with companies like Amazon, Brownells, Primary Arms, and Palmetto State Armory. There's others in there that I've partnered with as well. But what I need you to do is, before you go shopping, go to www.trb.fyi. Then up at the top, you'll see a link that says Partners and Discounts. Click on that and it'll take you to a page that has all the places that I've partnered with to help you watch more videos or listen to more audio. With the bills paid, let's talk to Caleb. Caleb, tell me about your love of guns. Yeah, sure. Uh, my name's Caleb Savant. I'm a gunsmith and gun tech at Brownells. I say that uh, my official title now is media content creator uh, as I kind of moved into the, the studio role there. But um, I still still try to think of myself as, as, as a gunsmith, um, trying to spend a lot of my time kind of focusing on that. And uh, fortunately, with my new title, I actually get to spend more time doing that, ironically. So that works out well. But uh, yeah, so I do that full time for Brownells. Um, and with that role, I'd, I'd spend a lot of time teaching and doing instructional videos and things like that, uh, not just for gunsmiths, but for the, the everyday firearm enthusiast. Awesome. Yeah, it's funny because you guys have a pretty serious studio there down out of Brownells. We do. Yeah, we uh, multi uh, multi million dollar studio, I guess you can call it. It's uh, it's pretty extensive. We uh, we do. A lot of production work, uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but we do production work throughout the industry, not just stuff for ourselves. Wow. I, I, I did not know that. So that way you can, you can, you can uh, basically rent out your studio. Yeah, basically. So um, we've done advertisements. We film advertisements for Hornady. Uh, we did all of the commercials for Henry. Uh, we've, we've done a lot of stuff. That's a, that's an interesting little side business for, for Brownells. I mean, not only are you, not only are you customers of those companies just to sell the products, but now you're customers again, or they're, they're now customers of yours for the commercials. Exactly. Yeah. So we've, uh, we've established some really good relationships that way. That's awesome. So now, since we're talking about the studio, um, Smithbusters, how did that come about? Smithbusters. That was interesting. So the title itself well, let me let me just back up. So we did a video. It was a quick tip um, about storing magazines loaded, firearm magazines. Yeah. And that was one of the it was one of my early videos. It was, you know, I, I was relatively new to the studio. I was still kind of doing the tech support. I was still mostly on the phone lines doing tech support and just dabbling in the studio a little bit. You know, I'd come in, you know, like one day a week and film a video. 
And um, that was an idea I had. I said, hey, let's do a video about storing magazines loaded. There's a lot of misconceptions out there about it. And uh, we were expecting to get like, I don't know, like six, 7,000 views on that video maybe. You know, just, just a small little video. Nobody really cares about that, right? Yeah. Um, I think that video is sitting at about 2 million views right now. Yeah, it, it, it blew up. It blew up. And uh, so Josh Coburn, uh, one of our, our social media marketing guys, was in the studio that day while we were filming it. Um, or no, it was after we were filming it, and we were talking about it. And um, I was like, oh, yeah, we're just kind of busting myths about, you know, gunsmithing and stuff. And I was like, for like, like gunsmiths busting myths were like, uh, were like Smith busters. And I said that, and he was like, oh, that's funny. And I was like, yeah. And then I kind of looked at our studio manager and I was like, Smith busters. And he kind of, <laughs> he kind of gave me a dirty look like that's stu- that's a stupid name. And uh, we actually named it Smith busters and there, that's it. It was it, a, it just caught on. Yeah. It just caught on. He was like, no, that's a stupid name. Uh, but somebody, <laughs> Somebody liked it, so it stuck. Just Next just you know, a few people liked it. <laughs> the right people liked it, so yeah. It's funny because that that is a. I mean, I I know I look for those episodes um, when they come out. I'm just I've, I've got to watch them just because they're great. You guys come up with some stuff. It's just like, oh wow, that's kind of that's kind of interesting. Uh, I never I I never thought about that, and then. Uh, there it is in video they're my favorite to film because like well none of our videos are scripted we just kind of pick a topic and then turn on the camera and talk about it Uh, but smith busters is is my favorite to film because we can we have a little bit more freedom as far as what we can creativity creativity yeah we (laughs) it i feel like the deeper we get into it the the more I kind of push Steve to see, you know, what I can get away with, uh, to, to see to see what he'll take from me, you know. Um, but yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's it's fun. Those are those are fun. So now, since we're talking about myths, mm-hmm. what are some common misconceptions or or myths of gunsmiths and gunsmithing? I think the biggest myth about gunsmiths and gunsmithing is that you you have to go to to a gunsmithing school or you have to go to college t- to be a gunsmith, um, which is completely not true at all. Uh, e- even though I have, I technically have a gunsmithing degree, I didn't get it until a few years ago. I had been gunsmithing for 11 years until I got a gunsmithing degree. And it was just something I, I did. So like, for example, Steve and myself, we're both traditionally trained gunsmiths. Neither one of us had a gunsmithing degree. Um, I didn't get a gunsmithing degree until I was already a very successful gunsmithing by everyone's account. And um, I, I got a phone call from the, the VA and they were like, hey, your GI Bill is going to expire. And I was like, oh, crap, I'm going to I need to use, use my GI up. Bill, use it or lose it. And I was like, I'm too busy to really like do any schooling right now. And I was like, I'll just I Googled like online gunsmithing schools, you know, and uh <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I'll just I'll do one of these. It's it's free money. I'm gonna get paid by the government to to go to a, a gunsmithing school, and uh, I did it. And it actually turned out to be a really good program. I was like, oh, this is actually a, a really good program. And it was the Sonoran Desert Institute. And um, so I 
I ended up getting a gunsmithing degree from there. And uh, it's funny because in the in the curriculum, they have links to YouTube videos or like uh, watch this video as part of the curriculum. And I click on the video and it's a it's a Brownells video. And it's just me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's uh, that's me. I'm you like, should okay. get credit for the course. I was like, I, okay. It's like, I, I write an essay. And it's like one of the discussion boards that week was like, oh, write, write an essay about this video. And it's like, well, okay. Um, so it's like, I, I tried to, like, without sounding, because like, I try not to be, like, without trying to sound like a, a know-it-all, I like, very tactfully and politely wrote about the video and like gently informed the instructor like that's me that's in the me. video <laughs> and <clears throat> yeah once once they realized they were like oh okay and then they're like sending me personal emails asking me questions about stuff and i'm like what's, ha what's happening right now what? it was it was a very interesting experience um but no, it, it, they they have a really good program. It was it was excellent. But yeah, that's the that's the largest misconception is that you um you have to go to school to be a gunsmith, which is, I mean, I, me and it, Steve and myself are just proof that that's just flat out not true. It's funny because when I originally started learning gunsmithing, um, it was a correspondence class. Uh, I'll be honest, you know, the internet was kind of a still a relatively new thing, um, so there wasn't really any online. And I started going through this class and I'm, I'm going through it going, this is kind of ridiculous. Um, I never finished the course because I, you know, I never finished the degree because it was a degree class because I was sitting there going, I'm not learning anything out of this. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, here's, here's your, here's your work paper. You know, you're going to read, you're going to read this stuff and it's, you know, about this, this gun right? You know, a, a revolver, whatever it was about, right. you know, common problems with this gun, what causes those problems. And then here's your test. Take it all in the same packet. I'm like, mm, yeah, um, I don't know if I'm going to finish this class. And, and those things, those, those courses have definitely changed over the years. I, I debated on going back and doing that, but I just don't know. I just, I, I just started going through stuff. I'm like, yeah, I just don't, I, I think I know more than some of these classes. I, there's some things I definitely could learn. Yeah. But, uh, it may, may have, if, if they just let me take some of the electives, I, I might be, I may be cool with that. Yeah. But, yep. but, but yeah, it's, it's funny thinking about that, um, about the whole concept of school. Uh, you know, you don't need, <laughs> Gosh, there's like, well, I mean, even with your course, they, they took you to YouTube. There's so much content out there to, to consume. So much. That it was, uh, I, I heard somebody say the other day, it's YouTube University. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to know something, just Google it and there's probably going to be a YouTube video on how to do it. Yeah. And with that, there's a lot of good information out there, but there's also a lot of bad there's information. Lot of bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've seen so I've seen some stuff out there that I just shook my head. It's funny because there are times where, um, like, even I'll produce a video and I'll put it out there, and then like six months later, I, I go, "What was I thinking about in this one part? Why did Why did I do it that way?" Um, you know, it's like it, it's like, oh well, you know, that's that's just the way it is. It's what happens when you're 
a solo creator, but no, right. I agree. There's, there's some bad, there, there's some bad stuff out there that can get you in trouble really quick. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I say that all the time, like I, like AR 15 type video stuff. Um, and YouTube's pretty strict on what you can and can't show as far as installation yeah. of AR 15 parts, but there's a ton of it out there on YouTube on smaller channels because that, I mean, smaller channels, it's just easier for them to get away with it. Um, obviously we can't do it because our, our channel's a little bit bigger. We'll get, you know, flagged and popped instantly. Um, so but we you have guys to, got popped for a long time ago for content when all everything changed. We had to pull it. So you guys we had, had to, to take a lot of stuff down. It's all still on our website, which we're revamping um, to turn into a much larger content site. But uh, we had to pull so much stuff down. And uh, we ended up doing like a full comprehensive AR-15 build series that's hosted on our website now that uh, that goes through everything start to finish. And that's that's a really good series. That's that'll that'll keep you out of AR-15 trouble there uh, if you if you go through everything. Because, I mean, we we spent like like four months in the studio every single day getting close-ups on my hands like orienting parts <laughs> perfectly like showing you how to do every little thing all the little yeah. tips and tricks like it's it was it, it's awesome i want to do more stuff like that with a bunch of different other guns um it, unfortunately like that's something that would be really good on youtube but youtube just won't allow it um yeah I, I got my first community strike off of um, the AR-15 reassembly. Because I did a disassembly and then a reassembly. Yeah. And um, you know, I have the upper assembly, uh, disassembly, reassembly. And then I had the lower disassembly, reassembly. Uh, I got my strike, my first strike off the disassembly. They left everything else alone. It was the reassembly that, that dinged me. Uh, I fought it. And it was instantly denied. My my challenge was instantly denied. I'm like, yeah, you guys had that one flagged. Um, you guys weren't even going to look at this video. You already, it was already set to deny my my challenge. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's it, it's tough because I mean, but that's that's the platform. I mean, it is. Uh, you, you, there there are other ways around it. <laughs> um, just just not quite the way that we want to. Yep. So, so what are typical duties that a gunsmith does in their day-to-day -day job? You know, it all depends on what kind of gunsmith you are. Um, for example, when I first started gunsmithing, I, I was a, I was basically a working apprentice. And I almost, for a year straight, I did nothing but clean and oils. I only clean and oiled guns. Um, that was my only job. I took everything apart. I, I, a gun would come in, I would completely disassemble it, clean it, reassemble it. And that was all they would let me do um, because they wanted me to learn the firearms inside and out yep. 100%. And it got a little bit repetitive. Um, but there was always always something new coming in as well. I mean, it was South Louisiana. There was, you know, all, all kind of weird stuff coming out the back of these sugarcane farmers' barns. So, um <laughs> Once they once they started letting me do repairs, um, I think I, I think that's really the best way to learn too, because once I started doing repairs, like I had such a good understanding of the inner workings of the gun from doing that, like it was it was like everything just kind of clicked, you know. Um, yeah. 
but you know there's i mean there's uh, going back to your question you know there's there's gunsmiths that specialize in rifles there's gunsmiths that specialize in pistols your pistol smiths uh you got revolver guys like you know bobby tyler tyler gunworks he he does a lot of uh your your western style guns and stuff like that um you got some guys that just specialize in the older stuff like old old rimfire 22s so it really all depends on what you specialize in some guys you know claim to be you know jack of all trades master of none um so they'll they'll take on yeah. anything um but it i mean it all it all it varies from gunsmith to gunsmith there's really no uh there's really no set duties for the term gunsmith i'll say that and i think that's a good thing i think that's how it should be so basically if somebody's looking at being a gunsmith they just can pick what they're passionate about yeah it's like that's it's like what they can do yeah, it's like being a doctor, you know, like, oh, what kind of doctor are you going to be? You know, there's so many different, different things you can be as a doctor, you know, so many different yeah. specialties. So one thing that I see a lot that people mix up is the difference between an armor and a gunsmith. Some people say that they're a gunsmith and they're really kind of an armorer. Would you mind talking about the differences between the two? Yeah, so I would say that an armor... Um, I used to be an armor uh, before I was a gunsmith. Actually, I would say an armor understands the firearm enough to to change parts, uh, but not necessarily enough to to manufacture parts or to to fit parts. Um, yeah. And I think that's what really separates it. An armor can really change parts, but not necessarily fit parts. Um, so he doesn't have an as in-depth knowledge of the inner workings of the firearm and how all of those parts work together. He may understand, you know, the full function of the firearm, but not necessarily how all those parts work together on a mechanical level whenever it comes down to uh, the tolerances and things like that of the actual mechanics of it. Yeah, I like, I like your definition of that because that's uh, some things that I see that, you know, people are, I, I, I laugh at people like, I'm a gunsmith. Oh, okay, cool. What'd you do? I build a polymer 80. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that that's that's cool. Don't get me wrong. Go go build a 1911. Tell me how that worked out for you. Yeah. And and then tell me everything you learned about a pistol building mm -hmm. that 1911. Um, and and you know, I want to make sure that you buy all gunsmith parts, you know, gunsmith fit parts, not drop-in right. parts. Right. There's um, a big difference between that. The, very big difference between the two oh, yeah. um, because, you know, I, I was always, um, you know, I kind of like, I, I got into 1911 late and I remember building my first 1911. Just, I, you know, I knew it was going to be a, I knew it's a, it's a challenge, but I was up for the challenge when I, it's like four months later when I finally finished that, that pistol, I was like, wow. Uh, that was, I learned so much. I mean, I understood the mechanics of it, but then you start talking about fitting those parts. Yeah. You learn really quick that, um, no matter how good you think you are with a file, you will learn how to be better. Oh man. Yeah. You will, you'll learn the difference between a bastard cut and a second hand cut, yep. uh, file. Oh, there's, uh, yeah. You, You'll you'll learn really quick about files. You'll start learning all the stuff about you know hand fitting all these parts, and um, that's just I mean that's 
you take you're taking things to the next level at that point when you're when you're doing the actual gunsmith like when i used to be an ffl i did what I, what I like to call light gunsmithing um you know it's it's not quite full gunsmithing and it's not you know it's it's above armor but you know I, if you went if you came to me with something i'm looking at going yeah i think it needs to be welded up you're going to someone else. Um, that's that's a little beyond the, my comfort level. Um, if it was my gun, I, I'll pull a TIG out and start working on it. But I don't know if I want to do that as a professional. Um, but yeah, uh, I like I, I definitely like that that whole thing of understanding the workings. I mean, you know, an AR-15 is a pretty easy gun to work on. Um, I mean, it is. There's not a whole lot of, I'll say, gunsmithing that goes into an AR-15. But yeah, there are, when you start talking about an old shotgun, yeah, there's there's some things you need to start thinking about. Um, what are some of the skills that, you know, someone looking to get into gunsmithing, what type of skills should they have that if they're considering being gunsmith? Uh, so just being mechanically inclined in general is... Uh... Is a, is a really good key so as a kid you know i was i was always that kid that was taking stuff up around the house apart yeah. just to just to see how it worked and uh i mean if you're if you if you're you were that kid then then it's definitely the right path for you I, see when i was a kid i swore that i could have saved huffy so much money in extra bolts and screws and nuts uh because i was taking everything <laughs> apart you know and then you always end up with well, you know, you're a kid. You always end up with extra parts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where these come from? Yeah, where these come from? I, I, that, that's, not, that's not needed. Obviously, I can ride the bike. It works. Oh, man. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. it's it. Yeah, I, I would agree with the mechanically inclined because I mean, that's one thing I don't think people understand is, is that a gun is a piece of machinery. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, and that's what it is. You're working on a piece of machinery. Yeah. And you're maintaining that you're, you're, you're perfecting it, whatever you're doing to it. Um, you kind of need, you kind of need to think about what you're doing and why that, that, you know, it goes back to that thing where you're talking about before understanding the mechanics of things. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I talk to people, you know, every day, you know, via social media, on the phone, you know, just friends, family, and, you know, they're talking to me about issues they're having with a gun. And, you know, as they're talking to me, I can I'm taking the gun apart in my head and like seeing their issue. And it's just like not not everybody can yeah. can do that. You have to. It's something you have to visualize. have done for so long. You have to be able to visualize yep. it. Yeah, exactly. So so let me ask you, I'm going to set up a scenario for you here and it's going to sound bad, but don't just follow me through with it. Sure. So. Your your best friend in the world. This is like this is the person that would call you up at two o'clock in the morning. It says, "I need you to meet me in the desert with a shovel," and you would just show up, right? No questions asked. All right. Calls you calls you up and says, "Caleb, I've got a gun that I'm having a problem with. What gun is going through your head? Going, please don't be this. Please don't be this. Please don't be this." Oh man, any of like the. The, the cheaper ones like uh like the brycos like your brycos your larsons your high points like any of those because it's just like man just just buy a new one just get rid of it <laughs> just spend the 200 bucks and get a brand new gun yeah 
forget it. It's out of here. Yeah. That, it, it's funny because you have those people that, you know, once they find out that you work on guns, they just, they come out of the woodwork. Ooh, hey, or I get this gun. I want you to work on this. I'm like, uh, or yeah. a Remington 742 or 7400. That one Ooh. too. If you're having trouble with one of those, just like, just forget it, man. <laughs> it's done. Forget it. Even Remington had a, had a good time just trying to get that thing together and working. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the 742 is like, they, they should have just never, they, they should have just, once they started having issues with it, like they tried so long to just keep that line alive for whatever reason, if they would have just abandoned it, like that, that would have saved so much headache, but I, they lost a lot of money with that gun. That was just a terrible well, gun. I mean, well, if you think about it, when when those guns were coming out, Remington was Remington really wasn't Remington anymore at that point. Yeah, um, they were making some bad decisions. They were making um, some terrible decisions. Yeah, um, I mean, I think about this. You know, my my first shotgun, which I have today, is a eight seventy Wingmaster. That's a great gun, and it's a great gun. Yeah. And mine is, I think, my serial number is like nineteen eighty two. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a, you know, a, an early, you know, an early 870. It's a great um, gun. It is a great gun, but then they kind of screwed up the eight, the whole 870 line towards the end there. How do you, how do you screw up an 870, man? I know. I know. It's, oh. it's, it's like, it's like the iconic pump action shotgun that's been around for what, 50 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it, they lost it. I mean, you know, Mossberg loved that 870s kind of went down because, you know, the Mossberg 500 took kind of took its place. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Remington was making some really bad business decisions. Yeah. Um, that's that's when they stopped being a, co- a gun company and just started going for profit, I think. Yeah. And it was yeah, that was just that was terrible. But. I don't know. On the flip side of that, the seven seven sixty and seventy six hundred, the uh, basically the, the pump action version of the that yeah. rifle. That's a great gun too. Yeah, that, that gun worked really well. But yeah, it's it's just kind of it's kind of weird how they out some of these companies just they lose away. Like for me, um, you know, my first semi-automatic pistol was a uh, um, Smith and Wesson uh, Model fifty nine. It was the first nine millimeter that I shot. Mm-hmm. And kind of going in through the whole eighties there, you know, Smith and Wesson kind of lost their way and then they they kind of came back. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's nice to see the companies come back. You just wish they'd stop screwing with things once they perfected it, you know? Yeah. Yep. I know what you mean. So let's talk a little bit about Brownells. Let's do it. How did you get the Brownells? I know, I know you, you served in the army and, and first of all, I want to thank you for your service. Thank you. Thank you. Second so, of all, you, oh, you no, got go blown ahead. up twice. Doing I, did. That. I did. I did. I got, uh, got blown up a few times. Yeah. Was it, was that when you went, I'm going to be a gunsmith rather than riding the top of a Humvee? Well, I tried to stay in the army. Um, and in, in doing that, you know, I was like, I, I got to stay in the army. I'm going to, I'm going to go, you know, and at the time, my, my first sergeant really liked me. My commander really liked me. And um, I was trying to stay in. And we had an opening for an armor in our unit. And I was like, cool, I'm going to armor school. My first sergeant was like, yep, 
you're going. I was like, cool. All right. So I went to armor school, became my unit's armor. And um, that was at the time Obama was making his strict cuts to the army. He was, and I, I basically, my, my medical board, I was like fast-tracked out the army. So it didn't matter what I did. Um, I, I went to armor school. I went to the promotion board, passed the promotion board. Um, I kind of fell through the cracks and re-enlisted at one point. They didn't like catch it and I re-enlisted. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm good. I re-enlisted even though I was getting medical. <laughs> I was in the process of getting medically discharged and re-enlisted. Um, and then I got called into my sergeant major's office and he was just like tabbed out Ranger Sapper Airborne, like super hardcore guy. And he calls me in his office and he's like, Corporal Savat. And he knife hands me in the face. He's like, hey. And I thought he was about to yell at me and he was just like, he smiled and he was just like, nice try. Get out. <laughs> and I was like, all right. All right. I mean, he's not going to, I guess he, he didn't want to yell at me for trying to stay a soldier, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, long story short, I ended up getting out. So. Um, when I got out the army, I was uh, I was then looking for a job. Me and my wife moved back to Louisiana uh, to be near our family, rather than just trying to start over in the middle of nowhere away from family. So, sure, I um, support. Yeah, so I, I applied for a few jobs in different places, and uh, I saw you know there's there's this really large gun shop in Baton Rouge um, called Jim's Firearms. And I saw that they had uh, they were hiring people to work a gun counter position, just retail sales. And I was like, oh, you know, I work a gun counter. Sure. So I went in and I applied for a job. And when I went in for I got called in for an interview and I was like, OK, cool. When I went in for the interview, uh, they said, hey, you have armor experience. You know, uh, one of our gunsmiths is leaving. Would you be interested in an apprenticeship type thing? And I was like, yeah, of course I would. <laughs> uh, so it was a I, I then started a paid apprenticeship. Um, I started gunsmithing at eight bucks an hour. All right. Uh, with a wife and two kids. So I was, I was struggling. That's rough. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, I, I, I got a decent, a decent lump of money, uh, cause I was medically discharged for being wounded in combat. So they, they gave me a, a, a decent amount of severance pay. So I was living off of that severance pay. Um, and, um, I got bumped up within like the first month and a half. I got bumped up to like 11 bucks an hour, which still isn't a lot, but it was, it was good. It's, um, it, it's, it's a whole ton when you're got that much family, you'll take yeah, anything you can get. Absolutely. So like the first year and a half, I was just doing cleaning oils, um, just working on these guns. And I was working under some master gunsmiths at the time. And I was traveling around Louisiana to all these old gunsmiths and just like working with them and just soaking in everything they would teach me. So I was just finding these old gunsmiths who was, who just wanted to, wanted people to teach and wanted people to talk to. And I was just soaking in as much as I could from them. Like, um, like, uh, for example, Ed Delorge, uh, who's a master engraver, gun engraver and gunsmith, uh, who's in Thibodeau, Louisiana. I went down to his place just to, to meet with him and talk to him. And he ended up just showing me a bunch of stuff. And I hung out with him for a little while. And just reading every gunsmith book I could get my hands on, every old gunsmith book I could find, um, 
I have a pretty extensive library because of that. And those old books are awesome. So much just lost knowledge in those books. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was doing that. So after, after about two years of working at Jim's firearms, I, um, I left there to, and I went to work at another gunsmith shop called Rennerson's gunsmith service, who, which was also in Baton Rouge. Um, but they did a lot more work on a larger scale, less retail, more gunsmiths focused. Um, like Jim's firearms was a big retail store with a, with a gunsmith shop. This was a small retail store with a very large gunsmith shop. Uh, and they did a lot of warranty work for, you know, uh, Browning, Winchester, Remington, all the freedom group companies and, uh, uh, Bursa, Eagle imports, all those people. Um, so I was doing a lot of work there and I worked there for a little under a year and the owner came to me and was like, Hey, I want to, I want to make you the, the working shop foreman. And I was like, that sounds great. And I, I was making, I was working off of commission when I worked there at the time. So I was, I was doing better than I was at Jim's whenever I started there. And he was like, I'll, I'll pay you hourly on top of your commission since you're going to be supervising. You'll have less time at your bench because of that. And I was like, okay, yeah, you know, that's fair. So I was doing decent then I was doing all right. So I stayed there for about two years. And then, uh, my old boss, the shop manager at Jim's had then left Jim's and went to Lipsy's, um, which was also in yeah, Baton Rouge. Distributor. Yep, they they were right down the road from Jim's in Baton Rouge, yep. about a mile down the road, actually. Um, so he went to Lipsy's, and um, Jim's was their gunsmith shop was then uh, kind of struggling at the time, so he then made me an offer, and it was a very generous offer. So I went back to Jim's. I stayed at Jim's for another two years, and then. Uh, as the shop manager there. So I was managing there. That was the place I originally started as a working apprentice. And I was then managing their gunsmith shop. Um, so I stayed there for another two years. And, you know, I, I told my wife, I was like, we, we just, we got to get out of Baton Rouge. Um, Baton Rouge, the crime rate was just going through the roof. Um, you know, one day, like I had just eaten lunch with my wife right out in front of the place I work at. Like she had gotten, like her and the kids were in the car. Nobody got hurt, but she had got hit by somebody during a police chase. Like it was oh, just man. like crazy. I was like, all right, wait, that's enough. We, we got to get out of here. Yeah. It's time to go. Like we always complain about living in Baton Rouge. Like it's, it's time to go. So here I am looking for jobs. Um, oh, and, and in 2016, there was a big flood in Louisiana. And just, just, yeah. Well, it was um, a small flood, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know if I mentioned this, but uh, I lost my house in that flood. Uh, fortunately, I had flood insurance, so I had just rebuilt my house. I rebuilt my house. Um, that was right when I started back at Jim's. Uh, so I rebuilt my house. And um, yeah, so here I am looking for another job because I'm just like, I'm done. Done with Louisiana. It's time <laughs> to go. The food's great, but I got to go. Um, so. I'm putting in job applications. Brownells is hiring a gun tech. I'm like, ah, probably not going to get that job. That's, that would be a cool job to have. Probably not going to get it, but I'll put in my application anyway. Next thing I know, I'm getting a phone call and I'm on a plane going for a job interview. And, uh, 
just absolutely destroyed the job interview. Nailed it. So, uh, yeah, Brownells is moving me to Iowa, and uh, here I am. <laughs> it yeah, was it's crazy. Kind of funny. It's just, kind of funny. Your story kind of reminds me a little bit of Max Michelle. Oh, yeah? Um, his story going to uh, SIG. Yeah. Because it was uh, post-Katrina. I mean, he was like, he was out of the Army. Right. Didn't have, you know, he just, he did, you know, he lost his house and he had his family and um, showed up to a competition, just completely crushed that competition. And then SIG, you know, they recognized him. Yeah. Was, and he didn't think he was going to get a job out of that, but I mean, you just, that that's just proof that you work hard at everything. And then you'll go, you'll go far with it. I mean, really, yeah, if you think about it, we, uh, I hate to ask this question, but I mean, Leaving Brownells would be, it would have to be some really amazing job, I would imagine. Oh, it'd have to be Brownells. It would have to be like insane job of the century. It'd have to be crazy. Yeah. Cause I got, I'm, I'm living the dream right now. I I don't, I I can't even fathom what that offer would have to be. (laughs) Can't even even think about it because why would you even think about it? Like, I, you know, like I, I just, I just got promoted. I just got a raise. So I'm just like, I'm up here right now. So like, I can't even, I don't know. Can't even tell you. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, now, uh, you, you mentioned you're, you're on the tech line for Brownells. I was. Um, yep. Now, one of the things I thought was interesting, so I'll hold this up and you know, I'll definitely don't have a problem with that. I mean, it's a Brownells tool. This yep. is my, of course, I got my glasses on. Other guys. Yeah, this is my 1911 auto lug fitting kit. So, you know, I had bought this because I was working on a 1911. But the problem I had was is that um, I was working on a commander, not a government. And I was I had a question about this because the, the thing that goes down the barrel, or not the barrel, down the, uh, for the recoil spring, just mm-hmm. wasn't. You know, I was like, it's going to stick out the front. You know, I can't lock this. And I just, I just called up the, the line and they're like, oh yeah, no, it's, it's all good. It'll work. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It'll stick out the front. And now people who s- sit on that line, they're not like, you just don't hire them off the street and they just read a script. I mean, these are actual people who have worked on guns before. Yeah. Right? They're, they're, they're gunsmiths. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's one of the coolest things I, I liked about Brown is, is they just, you know, when you have a question, you're actually talking to a gunsmith. You're not just talking to somebody who's reading a script. These are people who have been in the industry, can think through a problem and help you out. Yeah. So when you call in, you'll get, you know, you'll, you'll get customer service. And then uh, if yeah. you have a technical question, they'll transfer you to tech gun tech support, which are, which are, which is a team of gunsmiths. Yeah. How many, how about how many people sit on that? Uh, there are currently, uh, let's see. I left, uh, the, that tech team. I'm no longer on it. So there's, let's see. One, two, three. I want to say nine people at the moment. Yeah. Nine gunsmiths sitting there answering people's questions about how to use a tool. 
Yes. So if there's a wait, uh, there's only nine of us. So <laughs> be patient. Be patient. You can always well, email. And, yeah, and that's true because you can email, um, yep. and that's. That, I get those emails also. So the the tech emails still come to to my email as well. So every once in a while, my name will be at the bottom if I reply. So. But that but that's the thing about it is that even if you have to wait, you know you're gonna have a gunsmith on the other side. You know, you're not getting call, you're not getting sent to a call center in some foreign country where English is their second language. Yeah. As they're yeah. reading a script. It's worth this the wait. This is the real deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth the wait is where I was going. If, if you ever have a problem, trust me, I've called Brownos a couple of times on questions and I've always been taken care of. Um, and yeah, I think I've waited. I think. I think the longest I waited was about 20 minutes once mm -hmm. and um, they answered my question. And that was like, I mean, that was like gold for me um, because I, in five minutes I had my answer and knew the workaround and how to get through it. I don't say a workaround. It was, it, it was a workaround my thought process. <laughs> you know, my right. thought process was flawed and they helped me through that, that, that thought process and, and move forward with a project right yeah and i mean our, our call queue has been crazy lately we just kind of switched over to a new system and um that's caused a, a bit of a hiccup and in, in the way our, our website and stuff yeah um our, our back-end system with the way you know we we basically do everything process orders our inventory and all that stuff so it's uh it's it's caused some issues which are ironed out now but um, it's, it's caused our, our queue time to be increased dramatically. Uh, but with that being said, we're, as far as customer service goes, we're still quality over quantity as far as, you know, what, who, who we have on the phones. So, um, that that's kind of where we're trying to remain. Uh, so I'll say it's, it's definitely worth the wait. Um, and you can always reach us through email and chat on the website. Uh, we still have that feature as well. So. Yeah, and that's funny because um, I had I did chat one time on an order. I had a problem with an order because mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I I have no problems plugging brownouts because a lot of the tools on my pegboards here are <laughs> from that website. Um, yep. I had a problem just with an order, and it wasn't even a brownouts problem. It ended up being a shipping problem uh, outside of brownouts, and I I used the chat for that, and they totally took care of everything and solve my problems yeah and you can now, chat with the gunsmiths as well you know i never had to that but yeah that would that's awesome that you you can chat with the gunsmith yep now you kind of hinted around it before i want to loop back around there's a lot of resources on brownell's website would yes. you would you mind talking a little bit about some of the resources that are there because there are some actually kind of amazing resources there yeah, there's a lot of resources there now. Um, I'm actually going to talk a little bit about the new website that's coming. Um, awesome. I'll say I, I don't know the exact launch date yet, but it's it's coming soon. Um, and that's going to expand on the resources that are already there. So as far as the videos go, you know, what, what we all, everything we have on our YouTube channels on our website and then some, uh, plus the learn section of our website so the learn section is basically 
all of the instructions, um, articles, different things like that we have written about different products, procedures. Like for example, uh, I'll just you know grab something out of the air here, like a, a old hand rubbed oil finish on a old walnut stock. You know, there's you know at least four different ways to do it. Uh, old ways to do it, new ways to do it, all on the website. You know, um, articles written by master gunsmiths uh, of the old old times. So, um, and those articles are you can only find them on our website. They're nowhere else. Uh, they I mean, they may be published in some older books that you can't really get anymore, but they're they're on the website, and they're going to be on the new website. Um, and as far as video content goes, you know, like I mentioned that AR-15 build series, the new website is going to have, I want to say, so that's going to, that that's kind of like the, was like a, a test run for kind of the type of content that's going to be on the new website. Because it's, it's an interactive build series. So yeah. for example, you know, you, you, you choose as the video comes on, like, oh, you, let's say you're, you're building a lower receiver. Okay. You want to build a, you want to build out your lower receiver with a rifle stock or a carbine stock. No carbine stock. Okay. Click this. It goes to the next video. Cho choose you, your own adventure. It's like the old choose your own adventure book. It's that's exactly what it is. That's exact. That's exactly what we talked about when we were doing it. Choose your own. That's adventure. awesome. Um, yeah, you want to build it with a drop-in trigger or a, uh, a two-piece trigger, you know, click this, click, and then it'll take you to that video of how to install it. And that's it, cool. it's so deep, like I, it's so detailed. I can't even like, it's, it was my, it was my baby. Like that the whole time we were making it, I was like, this, this is my baby. This is, I, it's gotta be perfect. And, uh, so we're hoping to do that. We did it with the AR-15, um, we're hoping to do it with more and more firearms. And as we add product to the website, uh, the video studio is going to be extremely involved with video content as far as installation stuff for the website. For example, if you if you see like a new hand, let, let's just I'll just use AR-15 handguards for example. And this isn't limited to AR-15 stuff. Sure. I mean, think 1911 parts. Think think any any gun part whatsoever. Um. If you see like an AR-15 handguard on the website, you don't know how to install it. There's no instruction video on how to install it. Ideally, so what I'm kind of pitching here is you can request an install video and, you know, basically it'll, it'll ping that somebody's requested an install video, right? And then we see that it's like, okay, now somebody requested an install video this is worth doing an install video on. Let's do a video on it. Boom. Now it's on the website. Fill your content ca uh, yeah. calendar. Yeah. Fill yeah. that content calendar. And, you know, now you get a notification that we have a video on it. So there's awesome. your, your questions answered. Boom. So um, it's, it's more, more interactive to the user. And I, I think it's, it's going to be, it's going to be good. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited about it. So. I, I can't wait to see it. Cause that's, that's cool. Cause I mean, there are, you know, right now on the existing website, and the existing website, it's starting to get a little dated. Uh, it know, is. It's, it's been there for a while, and you guys have done as much as you can to keep that thing going. Mm -hmm. But it, like it, when you're on a on a product, you know, off to the left hand side is the this. I don't want to say stats, but you know the 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 specifications of a product, right? Sure. Yeah. What comes with it? What page it is on the Brownells catalog? 
Um, and then sometimes there's a tab there to see a video. You know, you yeah. can watch a video. And that's that's really cool because I mean, if you think about it, you're you're doing two things at the same time. Number one is you're you're answering your customer's question before they even have it. Right. And number two is if you have some type of troubleshooting, the customer is getting that troubleshooting instantly and they don't have to call in. Um, it's almost like instant gratification at that point. Exactly. And here's, I was actually in a meeting about this this morning because we were talking about, you know, our, our, um, our Glock slides with the RMR cuts and different, just different slide, different optic cuts in general. So on the new website, basically, if you, let's say you click on the Brownell slide for, that's cut for the, um, the Delta Point Pro. So you click on that. So it's going to pull up that slide and, you know, you click, there's a tab that says, you know, compatible optics. So you click that compatible optics, even though it's cut for the Delta Point Pro, it's not just going to take you to the, the page for the Delta Point, the Leopold Delta Point. It's going to take you to everything that'll fit that optics cut that we carry. So you'll have a page with everything that'll fit that cut, not just a Delta Point Pro, which... Because that's... Optics get kind of weird on slides because there are multiple standards. Then there's multiple, a yeah, yeah, there's a ton of different stuff. So like for example, just you because click on the one for RMR, it'll take you to not just the RMR because RMRs are expensive, but it'll take you to, yep. for example, the Swamp Fox, which is which yep. is more affordable. And, you know, you'll have all those listed, so you can choose something that's actually in your price range rather than you know having to take out a mortgage on your house to put an optic on your handgun. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool because there, there are a lot of questions about um, red dot. I mean, let's face it, red dots are a thing, right? Yeah. I mean, every and that's everybody wants them. Um, I have a couple here. Actually, I have a couple, um, <laughs> couple actually being delivered tonight uh, that I'll be playing with. And that's the hardest part about that is is you know understanding. Um, hey, this is you know just because they say it's this brand, it. There's five other brands that also have that exact same cut. Yep. So understanding what your slide is cut for and then having some type of cross-reference is awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, because then if you're trying to do it, you know, and if it doesn't work, then that it's not like you're out of luck. You can still get a conversion plate. But yeah, I, I like that. Hey, you know, you guys, this is our slide. It's cut for this. Here's all the, here's all the optics that can fit that. That's awesome because I don't have to do research at that point. Exactly. I, I want like whenever because what I want to see is whenever you click on that slide, I want everything that'll fit it to be on that page. I don't want the customer to have to go do a ton of research to figure out what's going to fit that slide. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. It, it, you don't want them to have to go out to a search engine and go, nope. you know, what fits this cut, and then yeah, yeah, it, it should be right there. I want it all right there. Uh, yeah, that's, that's exactly awesome. it. Yeah, so. I, I like that would make my life easier. So I, that's what I want to see. That's where I want it. Yeah. You see, and that's kind of what's cool about having um, having people who are in the industry that actually work on this stuff. Yeah. Help with with the design of things going forward. I mean, you see this even in manufacturing where companies are bringing, you know, professional shooters in going, okay, you know, we manufacture a gun, but, you know, what are we missing here? And they're, you know, they're helping them through those speed bumps. It's great that, you know, Brownness is a huge gunsmithing company. It also, you can buy guns. Um, I did a lot of transfers for Brownells back when I was in that, in that program, but 
there's no reason to leave at that point. There's no reason to leave the Brownells website. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I as of recent, like I'm the I'm I'm a shooter, you know, yeah. I'm a gunsmith, and I'm or now I'm our video guy. And uh, as of recently, I've been working very close with our our marketing and our product team, and I, I think this is going to be a really good relationship moving forward, especially with the new website. Uh, where it's it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. That's awesome. Yeah. So now, one of the things I like about Brownells is the lifetime guarantee. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, not all products have it, but a lot of products have it. I mean, for instance, I remember, you know, I, I, I busted a punch. It was a roll pin punch that mm-hmm. I, I broke. Um, I was like, right, let me see. Uh, you know, roll pin punch is not that much, but, you know, let me let me do it. I, I called up the customer service line. They just shipped one out. I, I mean, it was like no question. I, I busted this punch. Uh, okay. You know, they looked up my order, found the punch, and off it went. I got another punch. It's an amazing thing about Brownells is that you guys stand behind the products you sell. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Especially our house brand products. That's the ones you'll see the, uh, the, the guarantee still on, no doubt. Yeah. So um, it's funny because I, I'll... I'll laugh because I have this. Um, this is my magnet tip, and I busted the case on it, and I just felt so bad that I didn't even call in to do it. I just dealt. I just dealt with it, but I know that I could always call in and just get another case. Um, I mean, those are those are things that you look for. I mean, sure, you could probably get a cheaper punch off of Amazon or eBay or stuff like that, but. That's the whole thing about Brownells is that I just know I can call up and say, hey, this thing didn't work or, you know, this has a lifetime guarantee and I am not satisfied with this product. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys will stand behind it. Um, I know I bought a, a CERT bolt for an AR-15 once. So that's just, you know, the laser, um, you know, resets the trigger and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. this is going back a really long way. And honestly, that was... I was not impressed with that product. I called up Brownells. They're just like, take it back. No problem. Yeah. I mean, it's as, it's as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that, that, I, that was literally what it was like. I was like, hey, look, I don't like this thing. This thing is not, um, I, I, I don't like this. It, it just doesn't work. And they're like, okay, no problem. Yeah. I mean, they just started processing it and that was it. That was the last, you guys got it back. I got my money back and I was just like, wow, that's, that is amazing customer service. Yeah, I mean that's that's really what it's all about. And I, so I, I wasn't around for this. This is before my time. But you know, Steve would tell me stories about you know when they were in. Um, they used to do the 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 morning meetings back when you know Frank Brownell was was uh, in better health. He was more involved with the company, and they would talk about the guarantee in the morning meetings. And you know, we're, you know, people would bring up, you know, we're kind of in this sector, we're losing a little bit of money and, you know, we need to rethink that. And Frank would cut him off and be like, what part of guarantee don't you understand? And that would be the end of it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. But yeah, he was, um, he was a pretty stern and, and, uh, very uh, unmoving individual when it came to that. So I mean, that's how was that's how was uh, that's how Bob Brownell was, and that's how he was, and that's how Pete is. So it's it's not going anywhere. Yeah, they're they're advocates for their customers. Absolutely. 
that's that's why it's still in the family. Absolutely. I mean, yep. I'm I'm sure I'm sure that that they could turn around sell that company for a huge penny, but it won't be the same company. Nope. It will not be the same company. I just like you know we talked about Remington before. Hmm. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, it just wouldn't be the same company without it. Yep. And it's it's great that they're carrying that legacy on because I mean you know Brownness is not a new company. It's been around for a while. Oh yeah, 1939. Yeah, I mean it started in a gas station. Started in a gas in the town I live right up the street from me right now actually. So. So did they like bronze that gas station. <laughs> no, it's uh, <laughs> the I don't even like the gas station itself. I don't even think that gas station's still here. It's actually a. I think that gas station's a car lot now, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> but yeah, so it was the gas station. Then it was like where the theater was in town. And then it's like the Montezuma building, where which is where the studio is that I work in. And then like the main buildings in, in Grinnell, which is uh, like 16 miles up the road. But I still work here in town. But yeah, so it's, it's a... Uh, we have to, technically we have two locations, two locations within 16 miles of each other. Now, talking about location, everybody thinks Brownells, well, it's a U.S. company, but that's not necessarily true, is it? There's a, there's a lot of, uh, it's worldwide. Um, so there's not, I wouldn't say there's technically like Brownells storefronts all over the world. There's companies we work with that we ship Brownells products to that they represent Brownells in a particular company, uh, in a particular country. Um, so there's like there's Brownells, you know, UK. There's Brownells Germany. There's Brownells Ireland. You know, there's there's yeah. there's Brownells all over the world. So I mean that that's kind of if you think about it, it's kind of cool. You know, we always think about importing parts into the u.s you guys are actually exporting out you're you're supporting yeah. gunsmiths worldwide exporting is a big part of our business yeah and uh we actually just teamed up with spiritus systems uh which is a, a tactical nylon manufacturer um and we just became their exporter and we're about to export a bunch of stuff for them as well uh so yeah we we export a ton of stuff awesome so and we've been going here, well, we're coming up on just about an hour here, and I want to be respectful of your time. How sure. does someone reach you? Because you, obviously we can go to brownells.com and I'll have that down in the links, but you also have some really cool social media sites for you as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm relatively new to social media. I had zero social media until I started working in the Brownells studio and then our studio manager convinced me to get on social media. So I did. And, uh, but yeah, I think uh, honestly, the easiest way to reach me is via social media. Cool. And that is, and I'll uh, have, and I'll yeah. have the links down below for everybody because trust me, you definitely want to go the at least the Instagram account because it's it's really cool going through the Instagram account. You know, earlier when we first started, we talked about your service in, in the military. You have some pictures, um, mm -hmm. and and if you want to know exactly how bad the blow up was on, on a Humvee where the whole front end of the Humvee was gone and it's on its side and you were, you were in the turret, weren't you? When yeah. Yeah. I was on, I was on top on the 50 cal. Yeah. Yeah. There's pictures, there's pictures on there. There's pictures there. So definitely go check it out. Um, 
you know, wrapping up, there's something I like to do. It's called a speed round. And it's just right. a little game that I like to play. I just give you a choice and just tell me what your choice would be. Okay. So, so pistol or revolver? Uh, pistol. Color case hardening or hot bluing? Color case. 308 or 30-06? 308. Magazine fed or belt fed? Magazine fed. Woodstock or composite stock? Woodstock. And for the final question, as a gunsmith, what's the one thing that DIYers do to their guns that drives you nuts? Punisher logos. <laughs> what, you mean, you mean that's not tactical? <laughs> just, just stop it. It's got to stop. It's too much. Awesome. Well, Caleb, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. And, Absolutely. Uh, enjoy me. And everybody either watching or listening, I will have in the description down below the links to get to Caleb and also over to Brownells. And uh, definitely go check the stuff out and definitely check out Brownells because I know I'm going to be like hitting a, a, a refresh on the Brownells website waiting for that new website to come. Caleb is a really great guy. I really enjoy talking to him. I've met him before. Uh, we've been on other podcasts where we were on the panel together. And I had a great time with him on those panels. And it was really nice to get him on the show. And um, I'm telling you, this was definitely one of those interviews that I had looked forward to for a while. Definitely go check out Caleb's Instagram account. He's got some great stuff there. Also, go to Brownells. I buy a lot of my tools from Brownells. Some of the tools that you see in my videos are from Brownells. They're a great place. They've got the guarantee. Now, not all products have the guarantee, but you will see the products that do have them. And also, if the product's made in the US, they'll have a logo right on that product there on that page so you know that you're buying a US made product. Brownells is really designed around customer service. They work really hard about, about making sure you're satisfied as a customer. Trust me, I've tested it out. I've been shopping at Brownells for a long time and they've never failed to, well, satisfy my needs. Whether it's a problem with a product or a question with a product. I've been able to get a hold of somebody at Brownells and they've worked through the issue. Definitely go check out Brownells, but before you do, go to my webpage, go up to the partners, and then click the link right there. That way, anything you buy, a small percentage comes back to the channel. And the greatest thing is, it's not going to cost you one penny more than you were going to spend already. With that, Thanks for listening. Hope you're staying safe out there. I look forward to talking to you again soon.